Lord, may this be our experience. Lord, we pray for one another. Pray for one another regarding these matters. Lord, may none discount themselves. Lord, we just would reject this kind of discounting. Lord, may all be full of faith. Lord, may we all be believers here. May we all be full of believing. Faith that You could bring us into what You've shown us. Lord, we don't believe You've opened all these things to us to leave us unable to enter in. Lord, how we pray, operate. Operate in us individually and operate in us together as a group, Lord. Get us through. Lord, we do pray for this weekend. Pray for the burden. Pray for the release of the burden. Release of Your Word. Pray for our seeing, Lord. May we see deeply. May it impress us. And may these things become a governing and controlling view. May they govern the way we live and govern the way we serve. Oh, Lord, may, we, may it govern the way we live individually and, and live corporately <laughs> and how we serve together in the body. Oh, we just pray this, Lord. Amen. Amen. Let me uh, just back up again to this message seven that we talked about in fellowship concerning the urgent need of the vital groups. Uh, you know, I just wanted to mention that that's a short chapter, but it's the first chapter, and it's the opening word related to the matter of the vital groups. And, uh, you know, if you get into the thought, like we talked about in the first session, if you get into the thought and realize what's going on, then you go back and read the vital group books, you know, Fellowship Concerning the Urgent If you read those, those books, you realize, oh, this fits there. Oh, that fits there. Oh, this fits here. You know, whereas otherwise, typically, in reading the books, it is, it's very easy to get lost in all the points. You know, Brother Lee said, you know, the key to understanding the truth he said, is to have a bird's eye view, to have an outline. You know, and once you see the bird's eye view, then all, all of a sudden everything makes sense and everything fits into the place. And, and I, I would just say, brothers and sisters, that's what you have in these five words. Purpose, nature, condition, living, and active. Once you see these, then you read and all of a sudden... Uh, this will be your experience. All of a sudden, all the things related to the vital groups start fitting, and, and you can understand them. And then it makes the whole thing make sense. So anyway, just uh, that, that little, little word. Uh, it's a good controlling view. Uh, how about we just... Uh, maybe we could use the next period of time I think it would be helpful to us if we could trace Brother Lee's fellowship regarding the God-ordained way from 84 to 96. And actually, that's what these books up here are about. And we'll, we'll use them a little later. But, uh, you know, I, I would say you can, you can divide the 
matter of the God-ordained way into three eras of time. And the first one is October of 84 through 6 of 86. And this, you know, you, you can, uh, we, we really don't have the time tonight, but you could write in here what is the main item and then what are other items. Uh, with, with the brothers, when, if we had 15 hours, we could do others. But let me just do main, okay? Uh, you know, in this period of time, and this was the beginning, you know, Brother Lee finished the notes to the life study of Acts in October of 1984, and that was the last book that he covered in the life studies. And he was full of burden by that point regarding the, the practice of the church life. How do, how do Christians meet and how do Christians serve according to the Scriptures? Uh, and, and you can even see this in February of 1984 when he had the, uh, those urgent elders trainings in, er, in February of 1984. Even then, in him was this kind of questioning. How do we carry out properly the meetings of the church? And so when he finished the, the notes, he finished the notes to the recovery version, he finished the outline that would be given in December of 1984, he left for Taiwan and he went there and began to experiment and speak regarding the matter of the, the change of the system. And uh, in November, it was his practice to come back to the States and come to Irving and hold the Thanksgiving conference in Irving and, uh, and then to stay until the training. And, and I remember in November of 1984, in Irving, he gathered a group of elders and some of the responsible brothers. I don't know if you remember this, Benson. And he opened to us that night the matter of the change of the system. And I don't know, that may have been the first speaking in the U.S. about the change of system. It was November 1984. And, and I remember sitting in my seat, and all of a sudden I just, I thought, time to fasten your safety belt. You know, you, I, you, had, a, you had a consideration, the age is turning. I had, I had such a thought. Brother Lee was in another realm, and he was... He was focusing on changing the system among us. And, and I would say the main thing in this system is, is what Tim mentioned, the shift. You know, you could, the, the main shift was from hall to home. This is the thing. And... Uh, you know, there were a lot of things he was burdened about in those days in addition to this. At the same time, he was very burdened about, about the matter of the Constitution with the truth and the saints being uh, brought into the truth and, 
he had just finished the life study, so he was very burdened. How, how do we use the life studies? And, and all these things worked together because as he shifted from hall to home, his burden was that the saints needed to be constituted with the truth so that they could be able to speak in the home meeting. Okay? Uh, the main thing was this shift from hall to home. And he wanted to turn back the clock, like uh, Tim was talking about, of these 1,900 years of Christian history that had caused us to leave what happened on the day of Pentecost and thereafter to bring us into a situation where we were a hall-centered Lord's Day morning message meeting existence to a situation where our church life revolved around the homes. Uh, You know, let me just show you these, like for example, these books right here uh, run from Excuse me. These these books run from uh, April '85 to uh, May '86, and let me just read you the titles. For example, and these these are in chronological order. It's a good regarding the God ordained way books. It's not bad actually. All the I think all the books is good. Put them in chronological order. You see a sequence in a pattern. So these are in chronological order as given. On home meetings, the divine speaking, the home meetings, living needed for the building up of the group meetings, everyone speaking the Word of God, meeting to speak the Word of God, the full knowledge of the Word of God, key points for home meetings, speaking for God. Now what's the point? What's the point? The, The point is you need to live in the home meetings and you need to have something to, for your constitution. And that's why the next book, the next book is 1285, and that's the truth lessons. So this, this was Brother Lee's burden, was to shift us from the hall to the homes and equip us so that we could do something in the homes. And, and this is really where he... You know, this was really his burden in in this period of time to get us out of the hall, into the homes, that we would have our church life in the homes, that the gospel would be in the homes, that our families would be revived by the homes, that uh, so many wonderful things could happen. You know, during this period of time, he used the word, and you, you heard me, I read you the titles, he used the word home meeting, and he also used the word small groups. And actually, th- this, this home meeting is actually the same thing as the small groups. We'll see in the next era, the word home meeting gets a different connotation. But in this connotation, actually, the home meetings he's talking about here are actually the, the small groups. It's not just me going to a new one's home to nourish him, but it's a group of saints 
gathering together, it may be in a new one's home, but they're not the only ones there. Others are there. So it's a collection of a group of saints that are meeting together outside of the hall uh, in order to have a, a vitalized living together. Okay, so that, that's really what happened in October of 84 to June of 86 in brief. You know, what is significant about June of 86? June of 86, and uh, actually July of 86, we had the training that summer in Irving. And at that training, there was a decision made. I, I guess it was at that training, or maybe it was before and announced at the training, but that the door would be open to the uh, saints from the West to go to the full-time training. Let me just mention, in this era, of course, there was the calling out of the full-timers. You know, this was a big point. There was, like I mentioned, the whole matter of the truth. Uh, You know, the home meetings, small group meetings, and the gospel in the homes. So, the, the calling out of the full-timers in both America and in, in Taiwan happened in October of uh, 84, in that early period. You know, brothers and sisters, I, know, I presume you know, but up until that time, you never would have imagined that a young person would be a full-timer. That was not in, in the concept. In, in Texas, I think there were maybe three brothers. Benson was full-time, uh, Don Looper... Don Rutledge, I think, was full-time. It was very limited. And it was just these brothers that had a, a, a large capacity for young people to be full-time. This never entered our concept. And it was very startling and shocking when, when Brother Lee uh, did this. You know, uh, So he made a way for all these young full-timers to come out. But, and he started having the full-time training in Taipei FTTT. Well, in July of 1986, he opened up the training in Taipei to the to the Western brothers. You know, let me back up a second. You know, in 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 December of '84, when he had the axe training, he called for some brothers to go full time. You remember, he called for Jake Jacobson. He called for. Uh, Bill Dudley, some to go come out, and they came out to serve. Brother Lee said, "Go full time," and they just went full time, and they didn't know, you know, they didn't know what what they were going to do, and they just ventured off as a glorious pattern to us. They just ventured off, and eventually, some other brothers joined them, and there was called the Gospel Team, and they were, you know, going around the Southwest, and and actually, that's how the church in Baton Rouge came into existence was as a result of the work of these brothers. Well, I believe it was 1980, okay, that would have been 84, then 85 is when they came out and they started working. Sometime in 85, I believe, and maybe toward the end of 85, that team of brothers went to Taipei, uh, and they were there with the full-time training in Taipei, which was all, by that time, was all just the Chinese-speaking saints from Taiwan were in the training and they were there. Then that following spring in 86 is when the initial work started to happen about door knocking. 
It was in the later part of the fall, I mean, later part of the spring of 1986. They started to do some experimentation, and uh, and and then that summer in uh, in in Irving, he called for the Western young people to come to the training. And I remember Benson. How many went? I mean, it was a, it was a good number. A lot a lot went. And uh, you know, we had already heard about door knocking. We all got excited about door knocking. We started singing these songs, knocking, knocking, we are knocking up to every door, we're walking, you know, and we're, we're knocking on doors, and, and in Irving, in Denton, where I was, we would have door knocking trainings, you were there, Bill, and we built a door on a frame, and, and we would train the saints, so this is how you knock on the door, and, and we, we did this little bathtub made out of, uh, uh, out of uh, this tubing, and and this is how you baptize people. So we'd have door knocking trainings, and uh, you know we'd take our door and we'd go, we'd 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 travel with our door, and we'd we'd have door knocking trainings. It was it was a great great time. Uh, anyway, uh, so in in seven of eighty seven, this next period began, and it ran through twelve of eighty nine. And, and this, this uh, those of us who were there can identify with all these things. Some of the younger saints, you, you may not appreciate all the journeying we did. Lord Jesus, what a journey we took. And, and how we wore out the saints, door knocking and all the things we did. Uh, endeavoring to follow Brother Lee closely and, and, and endeavoring... Uh, to, to try to work out what he was experimenting with. And, and he did say, this is an experiment. I, I just read the other day, I was reading one of these books around that era, uh, and he said, we are doing experimentation and no decisions have been made. Something like that. Y- you know, uh, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't the time of, you know, for boxing it, shrink wrapping it, and mass marketing it. This was the R&D time, and there was a lot of, a lot of things went bad. You know, he, he said, how many light bulbs did Edison try? 3,000 before they got the 3,000th right thing, and eventually the light bulb worked. You know, Formula 409, it was the 409th batch that, I don't know if you know what Formula 409, it means it was the 409th formulation. How many gallons went down the drain? before they got the right formulation. Brother Lee didn't, wasn't clear from the beginning about what, what he was doing. He was endeavoring to experiment. He wanted to see how do Christians meet and serve according to the Bible and how can these things be worked out practically. And, uh, and I tell you, brothers and sisters, if you were there in those days and you were a willing companion and a willing follower you were a blessed person. I can just testify personally. I was blessed by following Brother Lee to endeavor to try to work these things out. We didn't do the best job. We didn't take care of things the best way. But anyway, we were blessed to follow our brother. What a blessing uh, to have someone to lead and and someone we can follow. What a blessing. Uh, You know, this... 
you know, the, the main item during this period, and there, there were lots of things that, that happened during this period, but the main item that happened during this period is the development of the four steps of the God-ordained way. Okay? And this was begetting, nourishing, perfecting, and building, right? BNPB. Uh, uh, let's see. Here, here's a book. This is uh, January 1 through 5 of 1987. Uh, oh, sorry. This, is, this should be 86. This should be 86. 786. So, so the, the saints from the West went to the Taipei and they had their first term together. Did you go, Neil? Okay, so Neil was in the first batch that went over there. And, and they were there for that fall semester of 1986. And they were there door knocking. And do you remember, I don't know if you remember how many got baptized in that first fall. 28,000 got baptized. Uh, maybe that first fall, and uh, lots of goings-ons, 28,000 people. You, you know, I know one team, and they were probably the super team, I, I think it was one day, this little team of three saints baptized 50 people in one day. I mean, they were moving door to door, and, and sometimes it, it was a wild. Sometimes they would baptize people and I was actually on a team in, in Taiwan. And, and, you know, in those days, the trainees were instructed to basically get the, get the elders in line. You know, so I was with this young sister, and she was, you know, you know, <laughs> you know making you hop. And, uh, and so we baptized these people, and she said, okay. And the guys in there changing back. We said, okay, let's go. And I said, please, shouldn't we wait till he comes out and say something to him? He said, let's go. So we left that guy in there dressing, and we left, and he came out the door. I don't know. He may have thought he just had a delirium. <laughs> I don't know what, what he thought, but we, left, we abandoned him and, and ran to the next door. Okay, we were experimenting. That wasn't Formula 409. You know, that was a little bit down the road earlier. Uh, and, and the more you got into begetting, which, which was, you can write some things here like DK, door knocking, the more you got into begetting, and the more, you know, you baptize 28,000 people and you're a sober-minded person, that begins to weigh on you. Right? And eventually, Brother Lee started really being concerned. What about these, these ones we're baptizing? And, and I remember, you know, in the summer of 86, it was knocking, knocking. We are knocking up to every door we're walking. Oh, Lord, overturn us from the old to the new. You know, we were, we were going for it. Knocking, knocking. And... Uh, but eventually you knock and you get all these people baptized 
What do you do with them? Oh, it became a great weight. So by, by, by that was in July. By December, there was a whole nother tone. And the tone was, what do we do with all these people? And I remember being in Anaheim in December of 1986, and uh, I happened to be at a table with, with uh, Minoru Chin, and Minoru started saying, well, brothers, it's easy to knock on doors, but the mountain is how to care for these ones. So we have to get into this whole matter of home meetings. So this whole thought of home meetings came up for the nourishing of the new ones. I pulled out this book a minute ago. This is January through May of 1987. The first chapter, he talks about two words that are important. And that was go and homes. And this was go. Go to knock on doors. And this is homes. So 1987, spring, which is in this era, this is where Brother Lee is, right here. Go and homes, okay? Uh, uh, Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and then also uh, in in uh, in in January through uh, May of 1987, you know, a lot of us went there during those days for 40-day elders rotations. I was there in April and. Uh, and uh, again in October and November of 1987. And during that spring, there was this burden regarding how to care for homes. And so you've got this book that came out to the date, April 1987, which is the life lessons. You know, the truth lessons was, were in the earlier era for the saints to be constituted the truth. This book was for the new ones to be brought into life into function, into this kind of thing. And uh, let's see. Uh, actually, this book, uh, hold on. Yeah, back to this book. Yeah, back to this book. This is uh, January through May of 1987. Actually, out of the 17 chapters, 11 through 17 are all home meetings, and the use of life lessons, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So this is where Brother Lee's at. He's, he's burdened that there could be a way for the new ones to have some kind of care to be brought into something. Okay? Uh, uh, then in... In January, I mean, in the fall of 1987, okay, Brother Lee began to pick up this, building by prophesying, and this was in the district meetings, or if you don't have district meetings, the main, the big meeting of the church. And, uh, and that, early in that semester, uh, and actually that's... Uh, 
that's uh, in this book here, being up to date for the building of the temple, early in that period of time, in that fall, he talked to the saints about using two verses a day. He talked to them about having two verses where they would get into them in the morning, pray over them, and receive something from the Lord so that they could, in the Lord's Day morning meeting, say something. And we had a song for that too. Two verses a day will keep the devil away and the life-giving Spirit will fill you for a... Two verses a day. And, and that, that little thing about the two verses eventually was the genesis, the seed of what eventually developed into the Holy Word for Morning Revival. If I have my memory correct, I believe some brothers in Taipei began to try to put something together with a couple of verses, and then I think Irving picked it up, and they tried to develop something, and then eventually Living Stream picked it up from Irving, and today we have Holy Word for Morning Revival. That all began in the like August or September of 1987. During that fall, Brother Lee got sick, and he was... He was stricken he was down for a while and and you know a lot of times when brother lee gets sick and in bed when he would get up it would be like the lord was there slowing down speaking to him and when he got up he began to speak about the the nations and it's in this book you know he talks about the lord's day morning message meeting being the way of the nations let, let me read you a little something he said there are three, this is page 82, there are three points in Brother Neen's speaking that are ten times heavier than what I had previously thought. The Lord, I think, reminded him in bed about what Brother Neen said in the normal Christian life and church affairs. And he said, ten times heavier than what I thought. First, he said that there is no need to maintain the Lord's Day morning message meeting. Second, he said, that the Lord's Day message meeting is a waste. What kind of speaking could be heavier than this? Third, he said, that to have the Lord's Day message meeting is to follow the custom of the nations and to do what the nations do. You were there, right, Neil? What did you say last night? It was... He said, even through translation, it was so anointed. It was a bomb that dropped. And I think I either was there or heard it on a tape. I, I can't remember. Shortly thereafter, I was there. And uh, you realize there was something again, uh, something major was happening with this matter. And it was, it was just a matter of weeks later uh, that... Here? Yeah, let's see. Right there. Okay. It was just a matter of weeks later that Brother Lee stopped the Lord's Day morning message meeting in Taipei. That was the first Lord's Day in November, I think it was November 2nd, 1987. And uh, from that time, there ceased to be a Lord's Day morning message meeting and the saints began to prophesy. You remember Brother Lee said... Don't, don't get the saints to jump off the fifth floor. Do you remember that? He said you have to build a ladder for them to come down. And he said, it took me 37 months to get the 
the change to the church in Taipei. And that was from October of 86 to November of, uh, uh, October of 84 to November of 97. So that thing happened. Okay? Then in 1989, he, you know, of course, he, he spoke ongoing about this matter of homes and home meetings and small groups. But in, in March of 1989, he, he, for the first time, I think, according to my realization, uh, maybe he had said something about it earlier, he got into this whole matter of the mutuality in the group meetings and the mutual asking, mutual asking, answering. And he talked about uh, how you should fellowship and pray for one another according to your fellowship and learn to care for one another. So these were big lights regarding how to meet in a group. You know, all this was in the context of the, of the group, uh, March of 89, that in the group you would have mutual asking, mutual answering, everyone teaching, uh, caring for one another, uh, opening to one another, fellowshipping. Uh, and, and so by the time... Uh, this is small group. Which actually, you see this here actually doesn't go to here. You with me? This goes to here. You with me? Because in this vernacular, this whole meeting was not a home meeting with a group of saints meeting together. This was in actuality what like Neil and... Uh, and Tim talk about this is one-on-one with the new one. You would beget them in their home, and then you go to their home to meet with them one-on-one, to care for them, to have a face-to-face. You know, today, we may not go to their home. We may go to, their, to the table at the cafeteria at the dorm, or we may meet them at, at work, or we may meet them under a tree. The place isn't the important thing. That what is important is this stage of nourishing. It's the one-on-one nourishing, which Brother Lee was so burdened about with this matter of the life lessons. You with me? Uh, but he said eventually that this small group is the place of perfecting. And brothers and sisters, this is a major item. Uh, and, and I hope that... Uh, we, we could all see this and be impressed because eventually all this ends up in the vital group. The vital group is the place for the perfecting. We'll see that a little later. Uh, but uh, you know, also, I might just mention also, as this thing went on with the door knocking, gradually Brother Lee began to, to have a turn related to door knocking that, that it, we shouldn't go to cold doors. He said we should go to warm doors. And then he talked about having the priesthood of the gospel, which was that we would have the gospel in our daily life. And he talked about the Jerusalem gospel, which meant Jerusalem, you know, it says first preach in Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then the uttermost parts of the world. 
So Brother Lee used that verse to say we need to have a Jerusalem gospel. That is, we need to preach where we are, where we live, where we work. Uh, so he was getting away from this matter of, of cold call door knocking, but it was still what? Begetting. The important thing isn't that I walk up to a cold door. You know, a door knocking, really all door knocking means is that I, I cross the space between me and you and I come to you. It may be a door or you may be sitting at a table in the, in the, in the cafeteria at school. It is that act of going to that one. That is door knocking. That, that is how we beget. We beget by going. Okay? So uh, all these things kind of had a, uh, you know, a change and an evolution during this time. And eventually by, by uh, the spring of 89, like I mentioned, uh, you know, Brother Lee shared this matter about the vital group, about the groups, uh, that it's the place of mutual asking, mutual answering, mutual care. And, uh, and that is, let's see, that is actually in this book, The Organic Practice of the New Way. This is a book given in Taiwan during the spring of 89. And this book, along with this book, the Advance of the Lord's Recovery Day, these books kind of summarize the God-ordained way up to that point in time. And actually, it's kind of a synthesis of these four items, begetting, nourishing, perfecting, and building, so that by the time 89 came, he was settled on these four points, begetting, nourishing, perfecting, and building. And actually... uh, What what you what we have in this era as the main thing is actually these four items. Twelve eighty uh, in the fall of eighty nine, from August to December of eighty nine, in the uh, full time training, the first semester of the full time training in Anaheim, he covered this book, the exercise and practice of the God ordained way, which mainly was a. a, a Deal, further dealing with these things, but but that that you have this thing here, uh, kind of set, and, and and how many times have we heard, beginning, nourishing, perfecting? How many times have you heard that? How many times does Brotherly repeat this over and over again? So this was kind of the main thing. This was the the thing that crystallized during that period of time. Just like here, what crystallized was from hall to homes. What crystallized here was begetting, nourishing, perfecting, and building. And those of us who were... How many of you all were adults during that period of time? I mean, wasn't that a great time to be alive? Wasn't that awesome? I mean, you just felt like the Lord was moving and surging ahead. And, uh, you know, all the things about... uh, begetting and all the things about taking care of people in the homes, all the things about prophesying, you know, uh, I didn't mention these books, but uh, you know, he further light concerning the building up of the body of Christ. This was November of 88. Big light he saw regarding how that 
prophesying is fully revealed in uh, 1 Corinthians 14. This was the further light regarding the building up of the body of Christ. All, all the points. What a time to be alive and to be with our brother as he was working out all these things. You know, I would say one thing about our realization during this time, which I think is really our failing, is that I think most of us took these points as individual points. So in other words, and even we would have this kind of thought, I need to go to beget somebody, and then I need to go nourish somebody, and then, and then even, it, you know, even I need to take that one to the group meeting. Even that's what Brother Lee said. Okay, you need to beget them, you need to nourish them, then you need to take them to the group meeting for their perfecting. Then you get them to the Lord's Day morning meeting for them to prophesy. Well, you know, I don't know, I don't believe this was Brother Lee's thought, but the way we took it was individualistically and individually. And so we were really tired I mean, we were, we were tired. I remember in Irving, in Denton, we, we remember Bill was here. Poor brother Bill. We wore Bill out on the computer. And uh, so uh, we had a map of the city. We had it divided into districts. We had dots and arrows. And, and we had the team 01 and 02. And, and uh, we were going to, you know, we are out knocking on doors. And I remember... Me and two other saints, this, I had an older sister with me. She was about 10 years older than me. And I remember being out in the sleet, knocking on doors. Okay? And, uh, you, know, you know, that year, I, I kept records from my tax return. That year, I spent about, if I remember correctly, I spent $1,200 on babysitting. That's, you got to work at it to spend $1,200 on babysitting. That was, we had kids, and that was so that my wife and I could go door knocking. Great. $1,200. What a, how cheap can you get? How, how I, I can enjoy. But eventually, you know, we started, we started working in, in Irving about that time. In 88, Brother Lee started the full-time training in Irving, and so we were involved there with the, with the, uh, with the God-ordained way. And we were going out door knocking. And these saints, faithful, you know, I don't know if you know, the dear saints in Irving, faithful, dear, consecrated, shedding their blood. So they're there going door knocking. But eventually over time, you know, I, I told the brothers, I said, don't use the G word, gospel. Don't say gospel, because the saints will keel over dead. You know, they just wore, wore them out. Okay, uh, okay. so during, you know, from, from December of 89, actually, there was a period in here where basically Brother Lee was dealing with 
all the rebellion and dealing with all the mess that was going on. And, uh, you know, I got to Anaheim in 1990, and I was there in 1990 and 91, and it was amazing how much still Brother Lee, almost every time we got together, he would be on this matter of the rebellion. And, and basically, during this time related to the God-ordained way, it was just basically a kind of a, a, a maintenance or a further development of these kind of things, but there wasn't kind of breaking things like uh, further light regarding the building of the body of Christ, the, the priesthood of the gospel, all these things, the perfecting of the saints, which was another thing he touched during this period. He really got into this matter of Ephesians chapter 4 about the perfecting of the saints being, and, and he touches this in this book, The Advance of the Lord's Recovery Today. You know, he talked about how perfecting was like, I believe we talked about it here, maybe it was with the brothers, that, that perfecting is you perfect people to be and do what you are. You know, a, an evangelist perfects people to be an evangelist. You know, if you're, a, if you're a plumber and you train somebody, they're not an electrician. They're a plumber. If you're a carpenter, they turn out to be a carpenter. And so during this time, this matter of perfecting was that what we are, they become. This is very important for later. Because remember, what happens in the small group or the vital group? What happens? Perfecting. The key to the vital group is perfecting. And eventually perfecting is causing others to be what we are. And Brother Lee said, don't say you're not a gift. We're all a gift. At least at least we have something more than someone that just got saved. Surely we have something. So he said, we're all gifts, and we can all perfect. Okay? Okay. Then, in, in August of 89, I mean 92, you have this intervening period, 190 through 792, where all these other things were going on. But starting in August 92, that's when the matter of the vital groups, he started getting into the matter of the vital groups. And brothers and sisters, I can, I can only tell you, I was so ready for that word. Uh, uh, you know, I, I might mention, you know, in, in Irving and in Anaheim, my job was God-ordained way in the full-time training. So Brother Lee was very burdened about the God-ordained way, and so I'm supposedly the guy, you know, I'm the point man. So, uh, you know, it's like a chicken. If you don't lay eggs, where's the chicken? The chicken's going to end up in the stew pot. <laughs> so, you know, it's time to, it's time to lay eggs. And, and so... It wasn't because of fear of the stew pot, but I was burdened. I, I was burdened. Lord, I want to I wanna see this thing carried out. He said it. I believe it. Let's do it. Right? And, uh, and, and we endeavored. I, I endeavored. I, I tried. And, uh, you know, Brother Lee talked about the priesthood of the gospel. 
you know, about begetting and your Jerusalem, and I tell the story a number of times, but I, I lived on Chateau Street, right there behind the Ball Road apartment uh, hall, and, uh, and, and I, I, I endeavored to try to carry out these steps. I figured if I can't do it, what are we talking about? So, so I started praying for a neighbor of mine uh, who lived a couple of doors down, and I prayed and prayed and prayed for him. When I drove down the street, I'd pray, and when I got home, I'd pray, and every time I'd see his pickup truck in the driveway, I'd pray, but I could never make it to his door. I just couldn't do it. And, uh, uh, you, you know, when I, when I used to go to campus, when I was in Denton, and I'd go to campus by myself to try to preach the gospel, number of times I would go out, walk around campus, not open, not open, not open, not open, not open, not open. And eventually I'd go back to my car, get in my car and go home, and lay on my bed and go, oh Lord Jesus. And, you know, the only thing that happened to the tracks is they got crinkled and, and wet from my hand. Okay, down the street at that time living was, uh, was Mike, Mike Lynch. Mike Lynch. He lived just a little bit down. Huh? A, who, the younger one, Chris, Chris Lynch. Chris Lynch. Chris Lynch lived down the street. And he was in the training. And, and one day he told me, Brother, I exercise every day to talk to some person every day about the gospel. You know, I didn't say a word, but inside I'm going, oh, Lord Jesus, you know. So he, you know, he's got all these stories, and even he's got very good stories, you know, about this. But eventually, my point is this. What I, what I can't do by myself, we can do in a group. And you, you know, if I'm, if I'm in a group with Neil and Tim and uh, a couple of these sisters back here, and I bring up my neighbor, and I talk to them about my neighbor, and we pray for my neighbor, do you know, eventually, after a period of time, you know what Neil will say? He'll say, brother, you and I are getting in the car, and we're going to go to that neighbor's house. Right? And I will be helped by the prayer and by the accompaniment of this brother to go and do the things. We're going to get into this more. But eventually, the divine activities of the vital group, the active side of the vital group, is carried out in a corporate way. It's not an individual or individualistic activity. But we together work something out. When Brother Lee began to talk like this, I... You know, it's like a guy that has been trying, trying, trying and not succeeding, and all of a sudden somebody gives you the formula. And, and, and when he talked about the vital group being the place where the God-ordained way is carried out, I, it just, I, I was electrified, I was exhilarated, I was liberated. Because, you know, eventually, brothers and sisters, this... This vital group has these things in it. It should be the be- out of the vital group, the begetting happens. Out of the vital group, the nourishing happens. In the vital group, the perfecting happens. And even, Brother Lee said, in the vital group, 
the new ones learn how to speak so that they can prophesy in the meeting. So you have, you have prophesying or, or building, okay? So, so in the vital group, we, we go and we beget. And in the vital group, we go and we nourish. Now, these ones that get nourished, what do we do with them? We bring them into the vital group. And in the vital group, if you're truly vital, you know, Brother Lee said one time, he said, to be living is not to be vital. How about that? Wouldn't you have thought to be living is to be vital? He said, no. To be vital is to be living and active. If you're living, but you're not active, you're not vital. To be vital is to be both living and active. Uh, okay? So, so our, our job is to get these ones back, these ones we've begotten and nourished, back into the vital group. And in the vital group, they can be what we are. And what are we? We are, what is a vital group? It is living and active. And, and we'll get into details about living and active. You, you know, uh, to, be, to be in a vital group, to have that kind of, of living, you're personally alive. And together you're alive. And you're loving one another. And you're carrying something out of the divine activities. And when these new ones come in among you, what happens to them is they become what you are. So it, it's imperative that what we are is living and active. See? You know, it's, it's like uh, what Tim was saying about the, the duck. You know, the, the baby duck, the first thing it sees moving, it, like you know, Tim was telling us, it locks onto that thing, that, that form. And eventually, after a few days, it will only respond to that thing that moved. It won't respond to something else that moved. And when mama duck waddles, baby duck waddles. When mama duck quacks, baby duck quacks. When mama duck gets in the water, baby duck gets in the water. And eventually, what you are becomes what they are. You know, the perfecting is really this kind of thing. It, it's there, there among us, and we have a day-to-day house-to-house church life. We love one another. We have morning watch. Uh, you know, they, they, they realize we're people that have morning watch. We're people that pray. And they, they do what? They pray. And they have morning watch. You know, they become what we are. Uh, they have questions in the group. There's mutual teaching. They get clear about things. All of a sudden, this vital groups becomes the place of perfecting so that they are matured, are perfected in life, truth, and function. You know, they get brought into life, truth, and function in the vital groups. 
And brothers, I've seen this in, in action. I've seen this in Austin. I was there for, for about four months, and I saw this happen. It was a marvelous thing. I saw young brothers and young sisters by the environment they were in being matured. It was awesome. And I was telling the story today. You know, Neil and I, got, I had the, it was great. I got to be with Neil. He was my partner. So Neil and I were partners, and uh, one day we were in the cafeteria waiting on an appointment, and this young brother, who was, was he a junior or a senior? Junior. <clears throat> Walks up, and he sits down at our table, and he says, and he starts fellowshipping, and he is so full of burden about this one, about that one, about this situation, and, he, and he's fellowshipping with Neil. What about this, and what about that? And brother, I'm really <clears throat> burdened about this. Where did he get such logic from being with those? It's very interesting. Brother Lee, we'll, hopefully we'll read the quote, we'll have the time. Brother Lee said that the disciples were chosen to be with the Lord. And he references Mark chapter 3. He's, in Mark chapter 3 it says that the Lord chose the twelve that they might be with him and that he might send them to preach. Eventually, it is through three and a half years of being with the Lord that those brothers were what? Perfected. They got perfected. They got perfected by what they heard and they got a lot perfected by what they saw. And their living with the Lord became a pattern to them. And it's the same with us in the vital groups. If we, have, if we have a living and active vital group situation, the new ones are what? P, perfected. And they become what we are. Uh, in life, truth, and function. Uh, you know, let, let me mention... Uh, this is quite good. This is something uh, Benjamin shared with us one time. You know, you've got begetting and nourishing, and you've got perfecting and building. This side, I don't know if you, can you all see that board? It's let me let me let me transfer this here. This is the vital group. And it's uh, begetting, nourishing, perfecting, and building. And this, we beget one, we come and we nourish that one, then we bring that one to be perfected. That one gets perfected even to the point he speaks and he goes to the district meeting and he prophesies. Okay. Brother Benjamin shared with us one time, begetting and nourishing, this is the plus side. And then this is the multiply side. You know, if all, if all you ever do with new ones is beget and nourish, eventually, what is their state? They, they don't get perfected. And I think maybe we've had this experience in the past where we've begotten some and we nourish them 
and we nourish them and we nourish them and we never bring them into a situation of perfecting and eventually their growth is abnormal and even to the point that they are weak constitutionally, uh, uh, they're frail. Uh, I've seen situations where new ones weren't brought into the perfecting of the vital group and eventually they were easily offended, they left, and they had no capacity to bear responsibility. I, 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 dealt, I was, had fellowship with one group that was really endeavoring to try to have a vital living and serving together. And, and there was this group, and it was quite large. There was a lot of new ones there. And there was a, you know, the core of the active saints and they would pray together once a week to fellowship and coordinate. And I, I encouraged them numerous times. I encouraged them, please get the new ones into the middle of what you all are doing. And they would say, but brother, these are new ones. How can we have them in our prayer? How can we have them in our prayer and coordination? These are the new ones. These are the ones we're caring for. And eventually, what happened to those new ones? Not much real progress. Uh, There was an... And and I would say, you know, this this group, uh, a lot of very good saints in this group. Uh, Very capable saints. There was another group, and, uh, you know, they, they maybe, you look at them, you think maybe not quite as gifted and all that, but they always brought the new ones into the middle of everything, into the prayer, into the houses, into day-to-day, you know, uh, and, and, the, and the new ones would be involved in everything, the prayer, the coordination, even to the point that the new ones would lead things in the group. And out of that group, out of that group, I think three went to the full-time training. Out of the other group, zero went to the full-time training. I mean, that's a, that's a viable statistic. You know, brothers and sisters, a vital group, it, it will, by its nature, have some saints in the middle of it that bear more responsibility than, than others. They're not appointed. They're not designated. It's not an official thing, but it's just, I don't know what you call it, it's just an active core. And, and the way you increase that, that vital group properly is by bringing the new ones into the middle of things so they're perfected. You know, I, I think many of us have had the experience of having a big group with a little core. And, and, and maybe that group is taking care of all these people and they're on the plus side. You know, let's say there's five, or let's say there's, there's eight in that core. Eventually, how many can each one of these take care of? Two? Maybe. 
Okay, so they max out at 16. And I, I've seen it. Eventually, the, those saints want to quit because they've never left plus and gotten into multiply. You with me? The, all, the, all they have is they're adding. I got this one saved, and now he's being nourished. Okay, then I'm adding this one. Now I get this one saved, and he's being nourished. Okay, eventually, if those don't get perfected and join me in the labor, I'm going to hit, I'm going to max out. And eventually, these saints, I've seen them, they want to throw in the towel. The best saints, they're ready for a long vacation. But if you bring these ones into the core, remember, what's the key? What, what did Brother Lee say the, the, the group is? It's for perfecting. If you get them into perfecting, then they cross over from addition into multiplication and they become your, your co-workers. Do you know in, in uh, cellular biology, the cells never divide based on the mass of the cell but on the mass of the nucleus. You with me? That's, that's why so many times we have groups like this, there may be 45 saints in that group, and, and the brothers say, this group's too big, we've got to divide it. What are you going to divide? Okay. I'm already tired. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm out of here. But if you bring the ones into the core, then eventually it is not the mass of the cell, but it's the mass of the nucleus. You know, the first thing, have you ever seen, you've seen pictures, stop action pictures, and the, and the nucleus goes like this. It goes, whoop. And within the cell, there's two. And then all of a sudden, the cell divides. Multiplication is, you know, we're talking about two different kinds of multiplication. This is multiplication within the vital group. Here, you have to bring them into the core in order for the group to, to, to actually be multiplied in its core. But eventually, when the core is strong enough, you can divide the core, the nucleus, and a healthy reproduction, a healthy splitting will take place. You with me? How, how many times have you battled with this situation? The key is you didn't remember what a group was about. A group is about what? P? Perfecting. A group is about perfecting. A group perfects. That's the key. When young believers get, and again, brothers, I, I've seen it, and actually, I've seen it happen in Austin. I've even seen it happen in Irving. Not, not to anything like the extent in Austin. But I've seen this thing happen where saints are brought into vitality both in life and in function. And then there's a way for the, for the group to, to divide. Sorry. Uh... Okay, uh, okay. Why, why don't we go ahead? <clears throat> Let's look at our packet, okay? And again, saints, I'm sorry. 
I realize we're, we're, we're really trying to wear you out this weekend. Uh, please have the Lord's grace and just bear with us so we can get through all the things because we want to paint a good picture for you so you can see something. Now let me tell you, what you're going to see this weekend, please don't go try to do it tomorrow. Don't go jettison everything you're doing now. You know, we had this kind of fellowship and I told the saints, you have to be, I told them, I want, I want you to be for this. I want you to see it. I want you to be absolute. I want you to be resolute. And I want you to be real patient. Because this thing takes time. Don Looper said three to five years for something to happen on a camp, on, in the church related to this kind of living with bringing the, the, new, uh, the college students into, into uh, the church. I asked one brother, you know, uh, if I can mention, you know, Irving, uh, about six years ago, we, we began to be very burdened that there could be a team in the Metroplex. So all the churches in the Metroplex, we all determined that that would be Arlington. So, uh, okay, where was I before? I'm sorry. Where, where, where was I right before that? Thank you. Be patient. Yeah, sorry, I lose my track. Okay. Uh, remind me, patient, that's where I'm going with all this. Uh, okay. So, so we decided Arlington, and we sent really probably our best brother to Arlington to be the player coach, and our money went there from the Metroplex, our money, our people went there, <clears throat> and, uh, and I, I watched the situation in Arlington, and, and I, would, I just would tell you, the f- maybe it was a little unique, I don't think it's too unique, but they really struggled the first couple of years, and I almost didn't think it was going to make. I thought the thing was going to crater. Uh, because it's not that easy to work out this kind of thing over time. And I, I recently asked one of the main brothers in Arlington, I said, how long was it before you saw in Arlington something really that you could notice a change in the church? And he said it was three years. But even that was just the beginning. Today, five years later, the whole thing, the whole church is revolutionized. It is a different church life today. You don't know. When they started, I think they had like 10 in the prayer meeting. You know, very kind of discouraged situation. Today, it's vibrant. It's alive. It's new ones. It's the homes are open. It's saints being, new ones being perfected. It's awesome. It's awesome. So I I really want to encourage you saints with a view about the vital groups, but please don't don't see the vision. You, You know, vision is good when there's nothing physical to look at. You know what I'm saying? We have to be people of vision. You understand what I'm saying? Until 
something is visible and tangible, you have to live according to vision. And, and that's what we want to do this weekend. We want to put a vision in us so that we're clear where we're going and how to get there. But it's going to take, it's going to take a lot of time. And when we were having these kind of trainings in Irving, we, we, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this to you all, but we had this kind of training we're having here with small groups of saints. And one of the first groups of saints we had it with were the brothers that meet with us for the coordination of the church. There's about 12 brothers, 13 brothers, and their wives. And, and we got into all this fellowship. We, we went to a hotel for the weekend and uh, uh, had meetings Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, late into the night, Lord's Day morning. And by the end of the time, everybody was electrified. And, and the brothers were ready to drop everything that they were responsible for and get into this. I said, brothers, you can't, I'm sorry, you can't do that. You know, the, the brothers that were coordinating the Chinese speaking with the saints, they all are ready to abandon ship and, and get into a... I mean, you can't... You, you've got you've to work your way into it with patience. But eventually, if you... If, that's why, brothers and sisters, it's so important that we could see something this weekend. We could have a view. We could have a vision. Because a vision will keep us. You know... <clears throat> I got into these things, like I said, in 1992, I dove in. When Brother Lee started on this stuff, I dove into it. And I, and I got into it. And I started having even trainings in Irving back then about this stuff. And it never happened. And I spoke and spoke. And it, you know, occasionally, you know, we would get a group going and they'd do good for a while and things would go along. But eventually, it would something would wilt, and the thing would wilt, and then, and then maybe two years later, it would pick back up, and and or this group would. And uh, I was, I was very frustrated. Then I went to Austin, and and I was there, and and all of a sudden, all the things that are here, what Brother Lee saw about living and active and, and purpose, nature, and condition, I saw it being worked out before my eyes. I, I think I need to give you a little more detail before I give you this whole story, but that was such an encouragement to me. And, and actually, because of that, uh, you, you know, we, we had a, during that time we had an outing with the families where the families shared their experiences. And it was, like a, it was like a tape recorder out of this stuff that Brother Lee had spoken about, about their loving one another, about their caring for one another, about their bearing fruit. And, and after that meeting, I, I went to Tim and I said, Brother, we have got to have some fellowship. And we began to have fellowship along with the elders. And, and it was, you know, it was like same, same thought, same feeling. And what they were experiencing was what was, what was in these books. Anyway, uh, this, brothers and sisters, is possible. This thing is attainable, and the Lord can do this among us. But we need the Lord's patience. 
for this thing. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, let me take a few more minutes. Let's go a little further if we can. Let's get out our packets and turn to page two. Let, let me just read this real quick. The following are excerpts related to the matter of vital groups. There are five distinct sections of excerpts which cover different points regarding the vital groups. A lead sheet in front of each of these five sections gives a brief explanation of the point that is being addressed by the excerpts in that section. Okay, These sections and excerpts are not exhaustive, nor are they meant to de-emphasize other points regarding the vital groups, but were chosen realizing the time constraints of our fellowship and in an attempt to give an overview and an outline of, for our understanding of some key principles of the vital groups. Okay? Next page. So this is the first section, and this is actually the longest section. Uh, you with me there? Uh, how about Let's just read it together, first paragraph. This section, posed of pages 5 through 30, this packet. Page four, real quick. See those two outlines? These are taken from two different books, but these two outlines taken together really give you a, a wonderful and proper view regarding a vital group. Uh, and then, then it says, page five to 20 of this packet support the outline on the left side of page four. The excerpts on page 5 through 8 specifically touch the matter of Brother Lee's experience of being revived in Chifu in the early 30s and how this relates to the first requirement of a vital group. That is that each member must have a revival and be personally revived. Following this, the excerpts from page 9 to 20, and that still is dealing with the outline on the left side of page 4, Pages 9 through 20 illustrate the corporate aspect of being living in a vital group. These pages touch the need for the members to be blended together to become a blended group. It touches the need for fellowship, prayer, and care in the vital groups, and the need for all the members to be freed from individualism, peculiar traits, and dispositional problems which frustrate the blending and keep the group from being truly living. These problems hinder us from having a corporate God-man life. This is so key. You know, I, I mentioned to you when Brother Lee 
or maybe I didn't, I keep getting confused because we've been having some meetings with the brothers, but uh, maybe I mentioned this, that when Brother Lee first touched the matter of vital groups with the church in Anaheim in Message 7, right after that, he began to touch these matters of peculiar traits, individualism, uh, uh, dispositional character things, because these things are the things that torpedo the vital group. They, they, will, they, will, they will destroy the vital group. That's why Bradley said that the vital group has to be spiritual. That is, not natural. It has to be spiritual. You know, to be a spiritual person, to be a person that's blended as a loaf, means that you have passed through the grinding process of the cross to be blended into a barley loaf resurrection. You know, we've heard this for years, brothers and sisters, but how have you yourself been able to enter into this? I would say, unless you're coordinated and in a relationship with a group of saints, it's very hard for you to have the personal experience of death and resurrection. Right, brother? Okay, I'm sorry. Duke, Luke, Luke, okay, Luke. Okay, Luke and I, we, we meet, we, we see each other on Lord's Day, and we say, praise the Lord, brother Luke. And you, brother Raul, praise the Lord. How are you doing? Fine, how are you? Oh, so good. Yes, I'm doing fine. Wasn't that a good meeting? That was great. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm going to go see someone else. The Lord be with you. <laughs> Okay, or or maybe we have a home meeting, and 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 once a week we meet, and and Luke knocks on my door and, and I say, oh Laura, it's time for the home meeting, and and then I say to Laura, what what were we in last week? Let's see, oh yeah, we're in this book. Come on in, Luke. Now where's that book? Okay, we got that book. And so basically we just do the same thing. Luke, so good to see you, brother. How are you doing? I'm fine. Praise the Lord. How was your week? Praise the Lord. Very good. Praise the Lord. Do you want a cookie or some, you know? Yeah. Okay. Now, what if he and I are are day to day and house to house? You know, the great thing about going and giving conferences is that you go and and you see all these saints and they think you're divine and I think you're angelic. I am neither divine nor are you angelic. But that's a great thing. And, and it's like Lord's Day morning. We pat each other on the back. Go oh, so good. Praise the Lord. So good to see you, Luke. But what if he and I had to live together? How about if, if he and I were... You know, Brother Lee said the best example of a vital group is the 12 disciples with the Lord. And the three and a half years. It's very interesting. Don said three to five years. Th- those 12, at the end of the three years, they were constituted into a group. Now, what if Luke and I, what if he was Luke, Luke and I was uh, Matthew? And we were with one another and with the Lord three and a half years. You know what we do? We, you know, we... We offend one another. We vie with one another. We compete with one another. 
we grumble about one another, and, and eventually we have to deal with one another. You know, the re, you know th- this thing, the reality of the body of Christ, it has to be practical, it has to be actual, and it has to be real. Isn't that good? Together, day to day, house to house. Thank you, brother. Day to day, house to house. There, there is the way for us to experience the grinding. And, and I maybe hate to use that word, grinding. You understand what I'm saying? It's not, this is what you were made for. This is what you long for. You long for life relationships with saints that are truly spiritual and that are truly loving. That comes at a price. You know, this last year, uh, this last year, we had the, the we, we, we finished the apprenticeship in Austin in May of 2004. Uh, and so we had a year together with this team. And I tell you, oh Lord Jesus, we met every morning for two and a half hours or two hours. So maybe it was yeah, about two hours. We met every morning because we just felt we needed the time together. And oh Lord Jesus, the things that happened. And sometimes the sister, one sister would jump up and run out the room weeping. And then the other sister would jump up and run out after her. And then this brother would be this. And oh Lord Jesus, what is this? This is the glorious blending of the loaf. You know, in Arlington, in Arlington, uh, you know, if I can just be really frank, you know, in Arlington, you know, they had these group of full-timers, and, you know, some of the full-timers are naughty. You know, the full-timers are naughty, okay? And, and so the brothers, the brothers that were more taking the lead, they were ready, firing squad, they were ready, you know, what are we going to do about these people? So they went and talked to Don Looper, and Don Looper said two things. He said, we need every kind of full-timer. I mean, this, this kind of stuff just crucifies you. Because you want the, the sure and quick cure, which is clunk. You know, you want the sure and quick cure. But he said, he said, we, listen to this. He said, we need all kinds of full-timers. And the more I got into that thought and the more I examined it, it's really the case. The second thing he said, every full-timer gets better. So every week, I don't know how many times a week we say this to one another, the full-timers get better. And that is said with so much meaning. Okay, that, and, I, and we told the saints in the group, the first vital group that needs to be in Irving is us. If we are not able to be blended as a loaf, if we cannot care for one another, love one another, you know what love does? Love covers a multitude of sins. You know, Matt and I are working together and he offends me to the core. I need to love him to the point that love covers all the problems. And the same with me. He needs to love me. Love covers a multitude of sins. We, we need to have this kind of a relationship among us. This is the real deal. And you know, 
in Arlington, the brothers were getting to fire, they wanted to fire some, and, and, and then some of the full-timers wanted to quit, and they couldn't quite get into the thing, and Don said what he said, you know, they all get better, and we need all kinds of, we need the naughty ones, we need the good ones, we need the diligent ones, we need the sloppy ones. That's what he said. What kind of deal is this? We're running a tight ship. What kind of deal is this? You know? Well, you'd be amazed, right, brothers? You know. All kinds. And, and the ones you least expect, very useful in certain things. Okay. Uh, so anyway, you know, eventually by, by the end, you know, there was, there was another team in the Metroplex, and the brother on that team, the, the player coach on that team, would always say, I just love what I'm doing. I just love what I'm doing. And one of the brothers in Arlington that was kind of a little naughty, he would say, what's he talking about? What's he talking about? Well, last, last uh, May, let's see, yeah, May of, no, it was December of uh, 04, we had a, a time where all the, the teams came together in the Metroplex and we all fellowshiped. This is the fourth and a half year now. And that brother said, I love what I'm doing. And those, those full-timers on that team said, I relish coming together to meet with my team. Brother, it was so divine to hear what, what they said. Something had happened in an organic way. It was so delightful. It was so delightful. You with me? Something happened of a real uh, blending of, of those things. It's not an awful thing. It's awful to the natural man, but it's wonderful to our spirit. Okay. Uh, I tell you what, maybe, maybe do you all have something? Huh? Did, did you all have something uh, along this line or something? No. Or should I keep going? No. Uh, just briefly, I want to just strengthen what Raul shared. Uh, I really feel this this whole chart is really good here. Oh, I'm going to have to take this with me here. Uh, but really, our experience going from the hall to the homes. But as I was considering that, yes, we did. We went into the homes, but it was, you know, and I think a lot of it in our experience is this. We got into the homes, and it was once a week and not too much of a relationship outside of that once a week. And then, you know, we got into this, but it was very, very on an individualistic kind of way. And so as a result, you get discouraged, you get disappointed. And then, hallelujah for the vital groups. And I really appreciate this because it takes this out of an individualistic realm, brings it into a corporate realm, and we begin not to just look at one another once a week in a home meeting, 
but eventually we begin to have relationships outside the home meeting. I wanted to read something to you, if I could, uh, from one of the books. Yeah. Okay. This is uh, the uh, Eldership and the God-ordained Way, Book 11, and this is on page 92. And, uh, you know, of course, it mentions the elders here, but you have to kind of apply it to all of us, really, not just the elders. But it says, the elders should spend time and energy to teach each one of the attendants of the group meetings. They need to go to each of the saints' homes, listen to this, outside the group meeting. This is why Paul said in Acts 20 that he taught the saints publicly and from house to house and that he admonished each one of them night and day with tears. Paul used both the day and the night. Then it said, we mostly use our meeting time to contact the saints. We think that as long as we have attended every meeting, we have fulfilled our duty. But that is not the complete fulfilling of our duty. The fulfilling of our duty is also outside the meetings. Did you all catch that? That, to me, is really something that, in Brother Lee's feeling here, it wasn't enough just that we contact the saints in the meeting, but that we contact the saints outside the meeting. So one day... Don was sharing, and he was sharing about this matter of the 80%. And, of course, in my mind, I'm thinking 80%. How are we going to have home meetings 80% of the time and then, you know, have the, uh, the, the big meetings 20% of the time? It just, to my finite mind, it was not computing. So I asked Don, uh, how can we do this? How can we have this 80%? And then he said something that completely revolutionized my concept and changed everything. He says, well... He said, let me ask you a question. Do you have one-on-one times with these people that are in your home meeting? I said, yeah. He said, that's all part of the 80%. All the times that we spend with people that are in our home meeting, outside the home meeting, this becomes part of the 80% of the church life. Well, as Don was leading us, eventually this point came up that we needed to have some time to pray, to fellowship and to coordinate with the saints that were in our home meeting. And so uh, it was not a big announcement. It was not a big sharing. It was just a suggestion. Well, then after the prayer meeting, all of a sudden you'd see these little circles forming after the prayer meeting. And in the circles, you would have a full-timer, you'd have some community saints, and you'd have some students. And that even included, and I like what Raul shared even some of the new ones started to join us in those circles, and they began to pray and to fellowship and to coordinate. And just as Raul shared, whatever we are is what the new ones become. If we're a praying people, they become a praying people. If we're burdened for others, they become burdened for others. If we're a shepherding people, they become a shepherding people. In other words, whatever we are is what they become. And as we include them more and more, 
then eventually they get perfected to do the exact same thing we're doing. Well, eventually, as, as time went on, and, and just I want to underline this point, it takes time. It wasn't all of a sudden, but eventually after the prayer meeting, the whole meeting hall was filled with these little circles of community saints, full-timers, and students praying, fellowshipping, coordinating. Then after the Lord's table, circles started forming. Fellowship, prayer, and coordination. And eventually, these students started getting perfected. And some things that we noticed that, you know, you could just tell there were some signs that perfecting was going on and things were happening in expression. Well, let me give you one example. In 1998, we had to move the college conference to another place because we were growing in numbers, and it was the first year of the apprenticeship, and we had a lot of problems in that college conference with looseness, uh, with exercise, with the boy-girl relationships, lots and lots of problems, and so we came together, we fellowshiped, and we decided, okay, we need to have some rules, we need to have some times of prayer before bed, when you get up, prayer in the cabins, and we implemented a whole type of uh, schedule to deal with these problems. Well, eventually, as the team started coming to Austin and then going back and laboring, what was happening is more and more of these young people were entering into this life of being perfected, praying, fellowshipping, coordinating. Then all of a sudden, we turned around, and two or three years later, we're in the same college conference, None of the problems are there, and the young people are serious, they're burdened, they're praying, they're attending the meetings, they're fully into it, and we start to realize you have to go back to the source. Was it just that we put like a little clearacel on the problem and tried to, you know, patch up the problem, which is what we used to do, but what we did was we went right to the source and realized these young people are starting to get into the homes of the saints, and they're not only getting into the homes of the saints, they're beginning to pray with the saints, they're beginning to fellowship with the saints, they're beginning to coordinate with the saints, and so as a result, they're being perfected. So you come to the college conference, it's a whole nother realm. Why is that? Not because we made some outward adjustments, but because in those groups, they were being perfected. Okay, then uh, this year, we, had, we made a decision what we're going to do is we're going to maybe start to pray in the homes and, uh, and it, on a very limited basis. And, and in me, there was a kind of a little bit of fear and trepidation. You know, are we going to be able to pull this off, you know, 15, 18 people praying in a home because we're used to a big prayer meeting with lots of impact. And uh, again, we split up into these groups and the prayer in the homes was fabulous. And the students were functioning and they were enjoying it, and the burden was released in home after home after home. And again, you had to go back. Why is this happening? It's because all these students are being perfected in these vital groups to pray. They're being, and not only that, the community saints are being perfected to pray. And as a result, once they got into these little prayer meetings, there was no problem because the perfecting was going on. Well, then... Uh, another couple that I just wanted to mention was, you know, uh, one brother that I got with that was in our vital group, he and I had morning watch together. And we had morning watch for about a year and a half together. He's in our vital group. And then there was another brother, and we wanted to help him have morning watch. 
And I tried. I asked him a number of times to try to have morning watch with him. Couldn't do it. But the thing that was so interesting is this young brother started to call him on the phone because that's all he knew to do. He was doing exactly what we were doing, and that was having morning watch. So he called this young brother, started having morning watch with him, and then the community brother that was in the meeting, they started having a three-way call, and I was left out. I was jobless. And I tell you what, let me tell you, when a full-timer is jobless, you are successful because now the saints are doing all the things that you're doing, and uh, we, just, we just have to have more and more of this type of thing. Then one other brother, when he... And, and you have to realize, these brothers I'm talking about, we just met them two or three years ago. This other brother named Martin, uh, when he first started meeting with us, he didn't like prayer reading. So we, when we were with him, we didn't pray read. We'd read the Word. We'd be in the ministry, but we didn't pray read. And he started coming to the home meeting and being in this perfecting with us and, and, and praying and fellowshipping and coordinating. And just, just before I came out here, he wanted to have some fellowship with me. And his main concern was he wanted to know what are the qualifications for him to serve the Lord full-time for the rest of his life. This was his question. And I said, Martin, I said, there's only one qualification, and that is, do you have a burden? And he said, brother, I've got a burden. I said, brother, that is the most precious thing. But where did this type of thing come from? This came from lots of little, small times with the group, with the vital group, praying, fellowshipping, coordinating, and there was a perfecting there, and eventually this is exactly what's happening again and again with so many. Yeah. I'd like to mention on the same point of the perfecting no, it's one thing to uh, uh, to uh, be fruitful. <clears throat> you know, he he mentioned this was the fruit coming in, but Genesis says, "Be fruitful and multiply." You know, we can be fruitful, but if we don't bring people into perfecting, how can we multiply? So we have a problem. Uh, we've been. Uh, studying it for a while in Austin, and it's this problem right here. We call them baby Hueys, where there's not much maturity, but there's a lot of mass. And this thing is getting bigger, and the wives are, you know, about to uh, cave in. And uh, it's great because the college age love the home, they love the cooking, they love the family atmosphere, and they pile in to these warm homes and the thing just starts uh, growing out of proportion. I mean, we have 55 home meetings throughout the week and we don't have, we don't have enough homes, basically. Uh, they're, they're too big to really have this kind of care and intimacy that we like. So we're faced with this problem. That's why his fellowship about perfecting will allow for multiplication. So we have a, you know, we're looking at this thing five and ten years down the line from where we are now, and when we fellowship with the saints in our community outing, we like to uh, put in a little bit of, uh, of direction, and so our fellowship has really been focused on the 
this burden group here uh, being several families or community saints, maybe a couple full-timers, maybe a couple students, but it's, it's the nucleus, you remember your cell biology, that drives the multiplication. And his word was, it's not the size of the cell, it's the strength of the nucleus, the size. It's, the cytoplasm doesn't drive the multiplication, it's the nucleus in cell biology that drives. And when the nucleus, or whatever you want to call it, the burden ones, gain enough strength, then it's very normal and comfortable and natural for the cell to multiply, and that causes the body to grow, and they can take more capacity. See, we've been, we've been doing this some, so we've had a number of multiplications, so we're up to 55 homings, roughly. And one example was uh, of one brother. He's over about a six- or eight-year period. His, uh, the, the burden ones began to do this, and out of that one vital group, then there's been over uh, eight years, there's been uh, three more of these cells, uh, and it would be several here in strength and fellowship at the right time uh, with fellowship and with all the saints, then another, let's say there would be uh, three families and a couple single community saints or full-timers, and they would, uh, let's say, Okay, three families here. They would pick up, they perfected another family, brought them in, so two would go this direction and leave this one with two. You understand what I'm saying? And then, so this has happened, and then, so it's like a spinoff multiplication, then he began perfecting others, and it happened again. And then they, after another couple of years, they were doing this, and it happened a third time. So now out of this, over a period of time, and I like his... It's, it's life growing and developing. And if you have this kind of view of perfecting so that you, the new ones are enfolded into this fellowship, prayer, care, they, they become what you are and they add strength and then you can avoid the problem we have right now and we're, you know, we want to grow this thing uh, differently in the future. It's hard to deal with this because... Uh, it's, they love each other, uh, they know they need to divide, multiply, but they, there's not the strength. So I really like this focus. You know, he focuses in on this point right here, and that is bringing the younger ones, or bringing even um, this one brother, he's middle-aged, and he bring in younger couples, or bring in single ones in the community or bring in full-timers and after this kind of uh, vital group life, church life, they just begin to be what he is. And then this, the first time they multiplied it was not that pleasant because they just took the knife. I mean, he, he learned after this first time and he just did uh, the axe job and said, 
you know, you guys are going that way and you, we guys are staying here, and it was a mess. It offended people, it hurt people, there was not the proper care. So the next round, I mean, it, it did survive, but it took a year to heal. <laughs> but the next time it was ready to go, there's a real pleasant, it wasn't a, just an executive decision, you know, we're going to divide. There was fellowship. There was the, you know, over months, say fellowship, you know, it was mentioned we need to consider and eventually everybody felt real good about it. They prayed, or each, each one prayed, each one, and it was just a real smooth textbook, bloop, you know. Uh, so through that experience we learned, and he'll get more into this uh, probably tomorrow, but the fellowship, prayer, and care, but I just want to strengthen this point here. Uh, you know, we want to, uh, this is like a trellis that we want to grow in the next five to ten years uh, as we uh, watch these things grow, we want to uh, share with the saints these kind of principles without assigning them to, you know, the, the group, but let them have this kind of consciousness that they need to uh, consider, okay, when they're looking around in their vital group, okay, where is the, new, the burden ones? How, how are the burden ones? Is it this situation or is it more balanced? So in the coming semesters, they will be positioned to do this. And Neil just shared on the plane up here that they are incorporating another family into there with the view that they're going to, you know, in uh, another semester or so. So uh, there's a lot to this. This perfecting has to go on. It's not just uh, adding people. There's a matter of perfecting the same. So that's good. Well, saints, uh, it's time to close. I am so grateful for this time, saints. I believe uh, you all have the same sentiment. And uh, we've been very much helped. How we thank the Lord that he brought the brothers to be with us for all the uh, labor they've done to uh, get into these matters, to bring them to us, all the experiences that he's given them. And um, they've helped us a great deal in this first half of our conference. Praise the Lord, we have another half to look forward to. Uh, now, as you know, this is uh, a local conference, mainly for the um, uh, churches in Cyprus and Anaheim, although uh, the nearby churches are invited also. Uh, we have the first announcement for uh, the saints in Cyprus. So, saints in Cyprus, if you could please uh, attend in particular to this announcement. Uh, the brothers would like to have you saints join the church in Anaheim meetings tomorrow morning. So for the Korean saints in the church in Cyprus, all of you saints, if you could go to the uh, District 1 location of the church in Anaheim, which is the training center location at 1853 West Ball Road, and you will meet there. The Chinese-speaking saints in the church in Cyprus, if you would please join at the church in Anaheim District 2 location, which is uh, also on Ball Road, but is Kitty Corner Cross at 1916. So the Chinese-speaking saints at 1916 West Ball. 
from Cyprus. Then the English-speaking saints from Cyprus, if you would please come to the Anaheim District 3 location, 2528 West La Palma, uh, just, just down the street here, and uh, you will join there. Now, for those of you in the church in Cyprus that have children, uh, unless you make some other arrangement, you can bring uh, your children to join the Church in Anaheim Children's Meeting. So, dear serving saints in the Church in Anaheim, we hope you'll be willing to accept a few uh, additional saints, children from the Church in Cyprus. Uh, if you are um, among the Korean and Chinese-speaking saints from the Church in Cyprus, that is, that you would go to the meeting facilities on Ball Road. You'll take your children to the Youth Center at 1900 uh, West Ball. For the English-speaking saints that have, uh, from the Church in Cyprus that have children, you will bring your children with you to 2528 West La Palma, and there is a children's meeting facility there for you. Uh, now for the, church in, the saints in the Church in Anaheim, just to let you know for our meetings tomorrow, we're looking forward to having the brothers uh, with us for our, our meeting tomorrow. We'll try to have the uh, meeting in this kind of way in the morning here in the Church in Anaheim. We'll have a uh, more brief Lord's Table, approximately 30 minutes or so. Then the brothers will have about 35 to 40 minutes. One each will be in one of the three districts of the Church in Anaheim, followed by the prophesying by language in those districts. So, um, Saints in the Church in Anaheim, just go to your usual district uh, meeting location for the meeting tomorrow. Now, Saints, we wanted to mention to you that um, if you had a feeling or if the Lord should lead, uh, we have placed some offering boxes uh, so that if you'd like to contribute something uh, toward the duplication cost for the materials that you received uh, for our little conference together. Um, the tables where you picked up the handouts, there are offering boxes there. Uh, the cost was a, less than $2 per copy, uh, but some may not be able to cover that. If you'd have a feeling to, to contribute, if you could use those offering boxes. Then finally, saints, we had uh, uh, some inquiries as, as to whether the brother sharing is uh, being recorded and will be available. Um, as you know, uh, again, we'd emphasize this is a local conference. We don't have intention that the brother's sharing would be distributed widely or universally. It's for local use only. However, if you are in attendance and you're not in the church in Anaheim, uh, we'd ask that you maybe consult one of the leading brothers in your locality and let them know that you have some interest in recording of these sessions. Uh, then, brothers, if any of you from a given locality uh, uh, have saints who have interest, please, if you could contact me, and we'll try to get to you a master CD that then you could manage as you desire for the saints that are interested in your locality. Again, we do not have the intention for uh, extra-local distribution of, these, of this fellowship. So, saints, tomorrow, as our brother rule said, we... We want to be absolute, resolute, uh, patient, and uh, ask the Lord to continue to present to us this wonderful panorama. The schedule tomorrow will be the same as today. We can gather here once again at 4 o'clock, and from 4 o'clock on the schedule will be identical to the one we had today. So we can be dismissed now unless the brothers have something more.